it always catches me dancing because I love that. I love the, the LinkedIn default song, but uh, welcome everybody. Hello in LinkedIn land. This is Recruiting is No Joke. And we've got another, uh, another great guest for us today. We're going to be talking about a topic that's really passionate, uh, that I'm really passionate about and really close to my heart. But as always, I would love to know um, who's out there. So get in the comments, let me know who you are, what agency you with. I see Kelsey is out there. So hi, Kelsey. Um, and I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Bright Hire. Guys, if you haven't checked out Bright Hire, you need to. They provide interview intelligence uh, that helps reduce bias in the interview process and uh, just a great company. And they've got tons of resources as well. I know you've seen some of my posts around that. And I want to encourage you to down below, join the Shine community. You can get that link on my link tree on my LinkedIn profile. And it's a community for TA. So Obviously, we're going through a lot in the community. This is a great place to hear about jobs. It's a great place just to connect with other people in TA. So I encourage you to join that. Uh, but without further ado, uh, Jen, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. I'm uh, excited for our conversation. I'd, why don't you just give a quick intro? So uh, for people who, who don't know you, if they don't know you, um, just give us a quick intro here. Yeah, cool. Um, so hi, uh, thanks for having me on again. <laughs> Very excited. <laughs> to be um, yeah, so I've, I've spent most of my career in uh, the startup space, you know, growing and scaling startups, but um, didn't didn't think that was going to be my career. I went to school for opera. So like I have an, a master's degree from Boston Conservatory for op like for vocal. That is awesome. I love that. <laughs> and then uh, made a very hard career pivot to recruiting. And then, you know, the basically stayed in startups and grew them. And uh, I just recently made a pivot from a VP of people to co-founding my own startup. So I've never been at a like two, well, two, three person startup before, like 20 was the smallest I'd been at. So this is a whole new adventure that I am going, you know, going on right now and excited to, to take it on and learn and fail and, you know, learn some more. What's, uh, and I, I mean, I got a ton of questions, but I guess what, uh, what's been, what's been the biggest, I guess, surprise for you in terms of just, you know, being, you know, kind of start being involved in your own startup and obviously, um, it's, you're not, you're not running a big team and you're not doing all these other things. Like what's been the biggest surprise for you in this, in this new adventure? Ooh. Um, I think how, how much I need to make sure I am driving my day. Because mm. before a lot of my day um, could be very reactive with pings, which lead to like proactive things down the road of like, oh, how can I prevent some of these, you know, pings or these questions or education. But a lot of it now is just me talking to a lot of other you know, TA professionals in the space and hearing their challenges and sometimes having FOMO of like, oh, I don't get to solve that. Or like, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting to do something totally different than that right now. And so like almost reliving some of the experiences mm. I have even gone through before too. So that's probably the, the biggest thing. No, super cool. Well, Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Recruiting is No Joke. I wanted to give a quick shout out to my sponsor, Bright Hire. The old way of hiring just doesn't cut it anymore, and my friends at BrightHire are here to help. BrightHire is a leading interview intelligence platform for improving quality of hire at talent-first companies. Their technology records and transcribes interviews and creates a set of highlights you can revisit and share to streamline the process, improve the candidate experience, and give teams better information to make the best possible hiring decisions. 
If you're looking to improve your quality of hire and reduce bias in your hiring process, visit brighthire.com today and let them know Joel sent you. Now back to the episode. Thanks again. So so I always like to ask this question. Obviously, it's such a cliche question within within recruiting, but um, you know, how did you get started in, in the recruitment space? I mean, obviously you mentioned you were, you know, you went to school for opera, which mm-hmm. I think is awesome. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd uh, love to learn more about that as well. But like, how, what do you think, what do you think kind of like drew you into the industry? And then I uh, know, obviously you started on like the agency side. So like, mm-hmm. you know, what, what kept you kind of, kind of down this path? And then um, I guess an additional question to that, like, how did you make the transition into, you know, in, to kind of going in-house and what, what kind of made that, that change for you? Yeah. Well, starting out, like I, out, out of, out of like graduating from grad school, I was going on a lot of gigs and actually got a few gigs, but learned that like, I wasn't going to be able to pay my rent with these gigs. So was looking for a part-time job and uh, was thinking about maybe some administrative jobs or something. And I found a recruiting job on Craigslist. Like so, a little while ago, um, when good Craig- things happen on Craigslist. That's what I'm learning. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Like I mean, that's where my story starts, right? So like I have to like de- dedicate a little bit of props to that. But um, fa- yeah, found found this recruiting job on Craigslist. Um, honestly, like had a conversation with um, the hiring manager Shane, and uh, and he was talking about like what the job would entail, and it was talking to people and you know, basically talking to candidates, getting to understand them and their motivations and what they're looking for, then talking with hire managers, uh, understanding their needs and kind of matchmaking them together. And I was like, sure, I'll, I'll try that. Why not? And I got in and loved it. I, I loved the candidate side more than the hiring manager side, at least the company mm. side on the agency uh, when I was working in agency, because uh, I would develop these really great relationships with candidates. And I would want to see them, like, even if I wasn't finding them, like, if it wasn't my company that they're going to go for, I want to find them another job. And so I really loved that aspect of it. And then, so yeah, so I did that for a few years on the agency side. And then one of my um, former coworkers from agency went to work at in sales at a startup. And he was mm. like, looking for our first recruiter, would you be interested? And I was like, sure why not like let me try it like i feel like that's like my my go-to phrase apparently now like sure why not like no, what I can do? and uh and yeah I, I loved it i mean the the adrenaline rush that i got from talking to candidates seeing them go through the interview process getting the feedback from the team and everybody like really liking the candidate i was just it was it was something i had never felt before and so it was just high highs and low lows. And I was on that roller coaster and just could not like even imagine myself getting off of it. And honestly, it's, uh, it's been, you know, did you, Go ahead. <laughs> I was, I was going to ask, like, did you know, I guess, even just starting in, in the agency world, like, did you have that sense of, you know, uh, I, you know, I, I really would want to go and work internally or was this just kind of like, like you said, like it was just out of nowhere, like, hey, come work at the yeah. startup. Or like, did you have, did you kind of just feel like, yeah, I love like this part of agency, but I don't love you know, maybe like this kind of part of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So the business development side of agency, I always found more challenging than the candidate side. I, I felt like I could talk to candidates and get them excited about a role and convey kind of the, the value of the company to them really well. But the 
yeah, the hiring manager side, like talking and pitching kind of the services side was a very weak point for me. Um, so much weak that like the first agency I was at, um, you didn't get credit for um, for placing candidates when I was there. Like you didn't get candidate for bringing in the candidates and it was a candidate market at the time. So I was just like, this doesn't make any sense. And I was the one like on the team bringing in the most candidates, but I like still didn't get the credit for it because they weren't going to my jobs. They're going to my co like coworkers jobs. So then I went to work at another agency and that was one of the things I asked them when I when I joined was, hey, like, what's the breakdown of you mm. know, the variable compensation and how do you how do you get it? Because I wanted to make sure that I got credit for the candidates because I had such great relationships with candidates. I actually still have at least a handful of candidates that like whenever they're looking for a new role, they reach back out. To me. <laughs> yeah, I know you're not doing this anymore, but like, do you know any companies you'd recommend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, hey, I'll take a look at your resume and I'll see what I can do. Right. Um, and you know, not like I wouldn't say this happens very often, but I've had like at least one like come back to another company, which is kind of cool. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean that. So, and then I take it at that other company, then they did some sort of like splits or they did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, especially during a candidate market, like I think you know a year and a half ago. I mean, that was the real big challenge, right? Getting candidates. So, um, okay. So you so you made the shift internally, I guess. For you, like, and I, I like to ask this question because I know this is kind of like a mix of like agency recruiters, internal recruiters in, in my network. Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of agency recruiters, you know, there's always that kind of thought of like, hey, should I go in-house? Is this something that, you know, would make sense? So I guess from your point of view and like leading talent teams and then also making that transition yourself, mm -hmm. what are some of like the indicators in your mind that you would say like, yeah, if you're feeling this way as an agency recruiter, it might be worth considering go internal and then... I guess what is maybe some of the things that you know you'd kind of not like advise against but like what are some things that maybe you would want to just think about if you're making that change as well yeah i mean i think at least for me for me personally i the other thing i felt was when a candidate actually did get placed in a role i still wanted to talk to them like i had started to develop like relationships and like long-term like conversations with these candidates and i felt um like a almost like a sadness when they were done talking to me. Cause then I, mm. I knew that like they were going to be at that company, which was great. And like, they were going to get, you know, hopefully treated really well, but like I had no other impact really on that candidate's career, at least at that point, you know, it was like, it was a handoff and I felt um, the need to be like, I want to keep supporting them. Like I'm, I'm curious of where their career is going and, and how that would be. And so I think that's also kind of what pulled me in that direction um, to go from agency to, to in-house. Um, I do know, I mean, I've talked to a, a lot of people as well that really love the agency side and, you know, there is flexibility on the agency side. There is like, you know, things that kind of draw, draw you in as well. I just can say for me, it just was not enough to, to keep me there. Um, not to mention, uh, the agencies I worked for were bigger agencies as well. So I did. All you had to say. I did feel like I was a little bit of a number sometimes. And so I went from like on a team of seven, uh, in like a, a big organization. So like my, the company I worked at, uh, my first company had three different teams in this one like room, kind of like boiler room style in a sense, which I mean, again, like I learned to hustle because of this company. So like, I'm so proud of that experience and like that I did it, but not, but I went from a seven person team to like a one and a half person team. And I like, 
I built that like my first startup. Like I like doubled their company in size. Like the first year I hired a hundred people on my own. Oh my like, god. It was it was a wild ride. Like I remember that stat because I was like counting every single person and being like, if I was an agency or if I was smarter, I would have said that like because lower salary. And I was like, I would have said like I'd like a like a thousand dollars per person. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then maybe they like, you know, the other the other side of it, like the mechanics would have been a little bit better. But like I remember like hiring so many, so many people and um and doing it because I had like you'd see my calendar was just wild. It was like phone screen, phone screen, phone screen, phone screen. Like it was just so was it just so then that was just you that you were literally it was just you and like yep. did you build out did you build out that team at all so eventually we did get to hire so we got uh two co-ops from northeastern uh which is in in the boston area and then we got to hire a talent manager as well to come onto the team uh which was really phenomenal to get to to do and um the only the only kind of sad thing to hiring so quickly and of course me i feel like i was very like tenacious and like yes 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 go 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 i didn't like give myself any checks and balances of like oh why are we doing this because i was just like blindly following like a, more orders than i probably should have and i was just hungry to like hire as many people as i could so then of course fast forward like a year and a half from there layoffs, you know, cause hired over your skis. So. Which I, I mean, obviously we've um, kind of seen a lot of, of yeah. those similar thing, things happen, uh, which I, I'd be curious, like, you know, when you're leading internal talent teams, how do you balance, I guess, the, the kind of the agency relationships? Like what's your kind of take mm -hmm. on, I guess, having just experience layoffs and like, obviously having to manage an agency spend and mm -hmm. You know, obviously, like founders and company leaders, uh, they're probably conscious of of that. And like, well, we hired you, so why, you know, why do we have still have agency spend? But I guess, what what it, what have you kind of come to in terms of like the best way to manage that? And like, how how did you manage that? You know, within within those, you know, relationships. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the times when they hired me, our agency spend went to almost nothing, um, or like one like one agency spend one or two agency spends a year. Um, because like they hadn't had, they either hadn't had a dedicated recruiter before and were just using agencies to try and fill every single role. Um, and so I think it was a little bit more challenging. Um, I also personally, and I don't know if this is just me as a human, but whenever, like if I hadn't, if I hadn't gotten any traction on a role for two weeks, the hiring manager usually is pretty antsy at that point. They're like, oh, maybe we should like reach back out to the agency. Hmm. And then I almost thought it was a competition, which is not probably the best thing. <laughs> but like, it, especially early on in my career, I was like, I'm just competing with this agency person, which I should have probably been like, okay, they're going to take this one on so I can go do this or I can like engage our pipeline or get, you know, X, Y, and Z going because there are so many other things I could do, be doing. But like, I definitely felt like a competitive spirit of like, oh, I'm going to find it for this agency person does still. And I, I'm not going to get a bonus because of it or anything like that. It was just like the like professional, like competitiveness that I had. And I, I would like to think I know, like I, I have gotten over that a little bit now, but at the same time, like looking back at my career, I'm like, yep, I did that. That's true. <laughs> so, well, I think, I yeah. mean, it, it happens. Right. And I think that yeah. you see, you can see that, you know, I have, I think it happens more than people even want to want to kind of admit in the moment, but then also it's like, there's that balance and act of, all right, we're starting to scale and we've just, we've got so much hiring and, you know, I, I've just seen it, you know, where it's like these talent, internal talent teams, they build really, really big. And then if there is a change, it's like, you know, then you're faced with, you know, 
the layoffs or you're just faced with these, these different situations. So yeah. um, I think it's a, it's a tough balancing act. And it, I, I don't think like anybody has that like a hundred percent figured out either. Cause it's like, it's yeah. just, it's so nuanced as well. And it's like, well, which roles would make sense to, to outsource. But uh, uh, so obviously like you, um, you know, you've worked in a couple of, of VP of people roles and, and kind of, did you kind of know that that's like, that's why you wanted to go like, as you kind of started it, it there or like how, I guess, how did that evolve? And like, yeah. how did you get to that point? Uh, um, so after my first uh, in-house recruiting gig, um, actually to the tail, like toward the tail end of that one, I'd gotten some more exposure to the HR side and mm -hmm. was kind of curious about it. And so the next role I did, I wanted to kind of own both sides. And so that's what I did was I went smaller and I, I was their kind of first HR, first recruit, like first, uh, first kind of people-y person. And um, at that point, um, I think that's when I started being like, oh, like this could be a real career path for me. Cause I had like already gotten really excited about the recruiting side. And, and so then I was like, oh, like I could, I could be Christina Laconi one day. Like that could happen. <laughs> right. Like, and like, and stars in my eyes, of course, like dream big, Jen, dream big. Um, but I think that's where like, I, I started to have these like North stars, like Christina Laconi and Katie Burke of like, oh, that could be, that could be me one day. Right. Mm. Like I could lead an organization and grow and, and scale a team. And, um, and so I think I started to see it pretty early on in my career of what I like the path I was going like destined to take at that point. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. What, what, uh, Cause again, like, I think a lot of people who listen to the podcast or are tuning in, you know, maybe they are thinking, yeah, this is a direction that I want to go in. And I, I guess what, what are some things that particularly just being that first person? Cause I think like, mm -hmm. I've seen it a couple of times too, where it's like, you go from being in a team or you go from like, um, you know, in an agency position and you're like a high performer and then you know, being the only talent person is like, it's, I mean, it's a whole different game. So like, what are, what are some of the things that, um, you know, you kind of wish you had known, like when you had started on, like, what are some of those unforeseen challenges that you think people don't think about, um, you know, outside of being like, because I've seen it too, where it's like, you know, VP of people or, you know, it's these like high level titles. And then you, you look and it's, it's one person and it's like, it's a lot to manage. So, um, like, what are some of those things that, that maybe you didn't know going into it that uh, you know now? And like, what what advice would you give people who are like thinking about that type of role? Or they have that opportunity in front of them. Yeah, um, I think one thing that I don't know if I exactly knew it going in, but um, how I was going to prioritize the work because there's not as always um, like a check and balance for a, like a VP of people. Like, it's more like, hey, like, what's your vision? And like, let's go do it. And so there are conversations that I've, I will have with like the CEO and, um, and that will help kind of drive it. But there's not always somebody that's like, Hey, should you do this? Or like, mm. oh, like and some, even someone just to brainstorm with, like, it can be really lonely. <laughs> yeah. And like, it, it's, it's tough because you also, when you don't have a team or, or someone to, to talk to about it. Yeah. Like you might have this like really cool plan, but then, you have to know yourself that, hey, am I gonna be able to actually execute on this myself too? And like, is it realistic for me as a team of one? So my, my yeah, my second startup and my third startup, I was a team of one. And then my 
fourth startup, I was, uh, I think we had four on the, the talent team when I was, um, what I was, when we got acquired. So, um, so it was definitely like a, a team of one and like finding, <laughs> finding my like allies out there in the HR community that could, that I could turn to and like, honestly be like very vulnerable and open being like, this is the challenge I'm having. I'm pretty sure I messed this up. Right. And you're like, what have you done in the past? Right. And like, also just, yeah, someone to be vulnerable with, but also someone to just like commiserate's the wrong word, but I'm just going to say like, just someone to like share in like, Oh, yep. Been there, done that. Yeah, someone who like relates to, yes. to the struggles. Cause it's. Yeah. Cause the struggles are real. <laughs> well, and too, and I think like, you know, again, I, I don't want to like make too big of an overgeneralization, but mm -hmm. it does seem that like, it's really, really hit and miss whether or not, you know, people actually appreciate and like respect the talent function in a lot of ways of like how much of a challenge it is to, you know, build the employer brand, recruit, make sure people are having a great experience through the process, close people like you're doing, you know, pretty much everything, managing the expectations of hiring managers. And uh, I think a lot of times, again, it's like, you can really think of these roles as kind of kind of like, oh, well, we're just filling positions. I mean, there's an open job. Like, I'm just getting people, you know, I'm just mm -hmm. finding people and getting them into interviews. But it's like, there's just, there's processes that you've got to put into play. There's, there's so much, I guess, you know, how, how have you been able to manage, I guess, even just with, with like relationships with like company leaders, right? And like getting mm -hmm. them on board, like how, I guess, how did you manage those relationships? And like, what were some of the challenges in just terms of like relating with, leadership and like getting them on board with, with, you know, whatever, whatever it is, whether it's like, you know, an employer brand or, um, you know, different, different things outside of just like the core recruiting role. Like how, how did you manage to kind of work with leaders in, in that capacity? Yeah. Well, I think the, the thing that I needed to start with was actually getting like a really good core process though. It was having those actual hire, like hiring manager kickoffs and how are we even going to fill this role? How are we going to present the role to candidates? And like, how did they present the role to, to candidates too? Because there was a lot of times, um, even especially on early on in my career where I would ask a hiring manager, like, Hey, pitch the company to me or pitch the team. <laughs> and it was, ah, it was, it was scary because mm. they would either like, and I, I'm, I'm fine with people fumbling their words. I fumble my words, totally fine. But like when they can't even give like a 10 second elevator pitch of the company, we might have a little bit of challenge here or like the role, like what does the team do? Like I should be able to have like a quick sentence about what the team does, maybe a problem that they're trying to solve or like how they relate with other, other departments, right? And yeah. so that should be part of it because if, if you're not actually aligned there to start with, the rest of the process is gonna go completely haywire. Um, and then I also found it really challenging too, the calibration side of it, because um, I had a lot of hiring managers, especially early on, I was like, let's just fill the role. Like, great, like just jump in, like, give me the resumes, give me the resumes. And I was like, no, no, that's not gonna be my process. Like, I'm not just gonna like flood you with resumes. And that was the like agency mentality coming back. Like I pulled that from the back of my brain. I was like, no, I'm not gonna flood you with resumes because I wanna understand this role. Cause the better I understand the role and how it fits within the company, the more excited and informed the candidate's gonna be and the better experience they're gonna have, which means that they're probably gonna accept my offer. 100%. And like it, and so I think I had to educate hiring managers on that a lot, 
And that kind of was frustrating sometimes because they didn't want to meet with me for 30 minutes. I was like, okay, you don't want to meet with me for 30 minutes, but your role is super urgent to hire. And I would be like, okay, there's some like misbalance here. And, and I'd have to have like just honest, like conversations being like, is this really an urgent role for you? Like, I understand that your time is spread, like you're a manager, you're doing this, that, and this, and hiring is probably an afterthought for you, but why is it an afterthought for you? Mm. And we'd have to have those real conversations. And actually after one or two of those real conversations, like really, maybe I don't need to hire for this right away. And like the priority would go like down on the list, which was actually better for me because then I could really understand what is high priority versus, you know, medium priority versus low. Um, so I think that was a part of it. And then the other part, especially in the candidate driven market was how can I get other people on the team to be ambassadors for the company mm. and like, get the company's name out there? Because the companies I worked for, I mean, some of them are, you know, just like some, most of them have been just B2B, but I, one of them like level up was B2B to C. And that was great because consumers used the product. And so mm. it was, a brand that people recognized because they'd probably use the app or used a, you know, a, a restaurant that used the app. And so that was a little bit of an easier brand, but my company log entries, which you, you probably never heard of log entries. It got acquired by rapid seven actually um, early on, but no one had heard of that company. Mm. So like, how can I make like more people hear about the company? And that like the best thing you can do is get employees to post about it and share it with their networks because then it just kind of spider webs out. And so once that started, it became a lot easier, I think, because, you know, we get more great applicants, get more referrals, you know, better, you can hone in on your interview process that way then. And yeah, so. Well, you said, you said something really interesting too, in terms of, um, you know, it's like getting, getting the hiring managers on board mm -hmm. and having them kind of understand that obviously they're pitching the role. But I, I think one, one thing that, I've no, I've just noticed in general, and this is from, I've still noticed this more on like other platforms and LinkedIn, because I think on LinkedIn, um, I don't know, maybe it's just because of like the engagement, it's a different type of engagement. But one of the questions I get a lot on TikTok, for example, from like job seekers is they become really systematic with, uh, with like how they approach like their job search, for example. And I think there's this idea that like companies like have like these perfect like systems for hiring and I honestly think people would be really surprised if they, if they, you know, if they kind of saw like what hiring processes are and like how it's, it's literally a lot of the times it's, you know, you come in, you get into a search and you're like, well, what's the hiring process? And you're kind of like figuring it out as you go along. And I think mm -hmm. it can be a challenge because for a lot of people, it's like, especially maybe at bigger companies, obviously there's more of a structure, but a lot of companies, there isn't even like a, a structure with like how you hire and how you bring in people. And that's why you get those situations where it's like, there's bad feedback loops or there's extra steps at randomly added in, mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, it's like you said at the beginning, it's that alignment, right? But it's just, yeah. it's, it's crazy how often that doesn't happen. And I think with startup, it's, it's, you know, it's even, it's even more because you're trying to work and define those processes as you go along, but it's, you know, it's hard. Like, do we really need to hire? Like, what exactly are we looking for? And I think there can be an idea from the candidate side that like all of that's figured out and it's like these perfect systems. And it's just, it's just not the case. So, uh, yeah. Oh, I wish it was like I, there. So in the kickoff, <laughs> in the kickoff meetings, we talk about the interview process and if it's a technical one, then I'm actually, okay. Like 
what are we trying to assess from a tech like technical side okay how are we going to do this like are we going to do like do we want them to do a project are we doing like a code review are we doing like what what like a refactoring exercise like what are we doing here and if they haven't figured that out yet I'm like okay i'm going to give you a week i will start mm. my phone call like my phone screens but i will not move them to hiring manager until you figure this out because I, I won't do it. Like I, and in my phone conversations with candidates, I'm like, Hey, here's the rest of the interview process. Like, cause that's always the last, like the, the last step is like, here's the salary. We talked about it. It's posted on our job descriptions already, but want to reconfirm like everything that makes sense to you. Right. And then like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, great, cool. And so here's the interview process. Next step is this, then this, mm-hmm. then that the biggest pet peeve I have. And it happened, um, at my last company because of course like it all, I mean it's happened throughout my entire career but happened a few times was one of like the higher levels being like oh can I get in on this interview and I'm like no <laughs> <laughs> I've already told the candidate no like what data point do you need to get to be in this and oh I just want to sell them more I was like what'd you hire me for <laughs> totally like, well, but, that, but that's that's I mean that's what happens though isn't it and I think that's the part that people don't don't see and I know Joy yeah. here um Joy just said mm-hmm. in a people ops talent team of one it's really difficult to strategize, organize, and execute. Coming into yeah. it, there's a lot you don't know that you don't know. Um, you know, when building from the ground up, and I think it's everything you're describing, and uh, which probably has led to you. I mean, obviously, I want to talk about Jammer as well, and it's it's yeah. like very much. I can see now, you know, and I'd love to give you know have have you give like an introduction of what you do, but I can kind of see now, especially with like the getting you know getting company brand out, you know, and how how and why like you have vision for this so why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit about jammer and like what you guys do and what your vision is and uh yeah i'd I'd be super curious and i think it's obviously something i'm really passionate about as well totally hey joy by the way hi (laughs) joy and i had a conversation a while back so um yeah so uh jammer is a video content platform that is going to help Uh, or helps companies to engage candidates. Uh, But the whole kind of premise of Jammer is to create authentic videos from companies. So the authentic videos, at least for us, are employees recording them quickly on their phone and then uploading them to our platform. Our team, you know, trims and transcribes them, uh, but they're real employees talking about things that matter to them. Uh, So it's like, what is a unique benefit that you really love from this company describe the company culture what's the interview process look like what makes you stay at the company Mm. like and it's all the questions that you probably don't get to get answered from multiple employees at a company when you're in the interview process because as a as a candidate like and especially like even i remember during my job my job search like i wanted to meet as many people as i could but there's only so much time during yep. a job, like a job search and an interview process to meet people. So it's like, how do you get to know more people at the company? How do you get to, you know, see more faces at the company? Like there's um, one part of the, the platform is this video gallery that opens up on their career site and you can see all these different employee faces and click on them and hear their voice and hear, you know, a video about them. And they're all, you know, smaller videos, you know, like 15 to to 45 seconds long, right? So it's a quick, you know, micro content about them, but you get to know them. And it's, I think you just feel more comfortable knowing kind of there are other people at the company that like the company and, and want to tell you about the company. Um, so it kind of shows their level of engagement, but also, you know, you get that deeper connection with candidates pretty quickly too. Well, I think too, like one of the things that I've noticed, like particularly like as we started to switch to like Zoom interviews, for example, mm-hmm. 
like you lose that, you know, obviously like if you do an interview in an office, it's like you kind of do meet different people and you have these, like you do have like these mini interactions and you get a feel for it. And I think yeah. there was a while, you know, particularly as we were kind of like, you know, things were still closed down and we're in the kind of the height of the pandemic. There was a real, there was two pressures. There was one to like, just go get, go through interviews really, really quickly. Like I remember a point where it was like every post I would see, it was like, you've got to complete interviews in six days. Otherwise you're going to lose the candidates. And it was like, and then I'm like, how are people making these like huge decisions based on like two half an hour zoom meetings? And then it's like, I think we're actually seeing a little bit of a backlash now where like, you noticed a couple months later, like people like, oh, maybe I made the wrong decision. It wasn't what I thought it was. I'm like, of course it wasn't what you thought it was. You had two half an hour conversations on Zoom. So I, I think like that natural evolution of like having those, you know, you lose that, hey, I just met this person in the hallway or I, I said hi to this person and, and we had kind of had these interactions. Um, but I guess for, for you, I mean, like where did the, the vision for this come from? I mean, like where, where, I guess, when were you inspired to just think like, okay, we need, first of all, like video content, so viable way to connect with people, but then also this added piece of like, you know, cause obviously career page videos have been around for a long time, but like this yeah. authenticity piece, like where, where, I guess, where did that come from? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think it came from my own job search too. So I can't take credit for the idea. Uh, Brian, my co-founder came with me, like came to me with the MVP of, of Jammer. And I was so excited um, that just about the product and kind of the potential of where this could go. Number one, it solved one of the biggest pain points for me, which was how can I have a better employer branding without having to bug my product engineering and design teams, because I've tried to go through career site revamps. And sometimes, you know, you just, you keep getting knocked down the list. And that person that left the company six months ago's face is still going to be on the career site. And you just got to kind of grin and bear it. And I was like, this solves that problem pretty I mean, I have complete control over every video that goes on the site. I can pull it off at any time. I can put it back on at any time. So I was like, this is great. Um, so it solved that big pain point. And then the other thing that I had done throughout my entire career is I've spent $30,000 on one marketing video for like an office tour and has like some snapshots of other people, but two people leave from that and your video is stale and not relevant mm. any longer. And also kind of gets stale anyway, because maybe add a new benefit or you add something else or, you know, this really cool thing happens and you want to talk about it, but you don't have anything there. So I think that's, um, that's part of it. And then the authenticity part, I, I think I just, I, I live my life like this, but like, also I think that companies are finding that if they are not real with people, they're going to lose their people. Like we, I've seen this multiple times at this point, like even just the, the debate of like going back into an office, you know, companies that had said, yeah, we're going to be hybrid. And then their you know, CEO or leadership team is like, nope, we're going to send everybody back into the office now. There is going to be a reckoning for people changing, like changing that up because people are going to want to work the way that they want to work, which means they're going to have to find companies that support that. And so if companies are not being honest about that and like, or just being performative, people are going to see through that. Like, I, I feel like that's, it's one of the biggest things now. I mean, you you mentioned like on 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 TikTok as well. Like, you can tell when it like, you know, when when a TikTok has been like completely, you know, beautifully customized and everything, or like the Instagram filters are there. You can tell. And again, like it's okay. Like the, people know it, but 
I just think that companies should maybe take off those filters and people, I don't know, people like it more. Well, I, yeah, I mean, that's just a lot there. And I, I think, you know, I think one of the big shifts I've seen is it's, you mentioned Instagram because it's like when I think of Instagram, like I'm not really, I don't create on Instagram because I'm just not like, I'm not an Instagrammer, right? Like I don't have perfect filters. Like I just, production level is low. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm all about like just, it's like the value of the conversation versus like the value of like what, what you see. And I think mm-hmm. it kind of plays into the company in companies too, where it's like, there's so many optics now. And yeah, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, like with obviously a lot of layoffs we've seen. And again, I made a post about it. It's like, I don't have an inherent problem with layoffs. Like it's, I, it's a part of business outside of the fact that just sucking. It's like, and people's lives being affected. It's like, obviously they have to happen at a certain point. Like there's no denying that, but I think it's just like the way that things are done. But again, even that I'm okay if the way that things are done is independent from like what you're saying, but it's, it's really hard to go on like a career page and see, well, this and this, and we do this and we do that. And like, you get this sense of something and then that's not what people experience. And I think that's where like, I think it's just going to be harder and harder for companies not to be authentic. And I think that's what Gen Z, I think, you know, people coming into the market, I think that's what they want. They, they want the unfiltered look into things. Right. And, you know, and I think it makes it easier too for like, you know, if I'm, if I'm a hiring manager, I don't have half an hour to sit down and do like a huge, you know, high, highly produced video for something. So I like this idea of like this, the snapshots and, and I guess like what's, what's been the, the feedback from like clients. And, and I'm also mm-hmm. just curious in terms of like, how are you, um, you know, how is this like tracked in terms of like, you know, how many applicants you're getting and, and that type of thing. Cause that's something I'm always curious, particularly with like social. That's what uh, I'm always curious about that. Yeah. I mean, the, the feedback we're getting is that, you know, uh, like candidates are being more engaged. Like the coolest thing I've heard is like, oh yeah, I was on a phone, like a phone screen the other day with a candidate and they said like, I saw, they saw this video. I was like, awesome. right. And like, that's like mm-hmm. the, the proof, right? The, I think the hardest thing with this, like with our technology right now, I mean, there's many like uh, investments that I want to make with it, but it, there isn't going to be a, the candidate clicked on one video and then we see them hired yet. Like that's just not in our technology yet. I wish it could be, Got but it. it is definitely, it's it's not there yet. Um, I think it's more the quality of conversations. And the one thing that I will say that I'm, I, I'm, I want to do a case study on. I'd love to love to do this case study on it, but like, is the offer acceptance rate? Mm. I do think it's going to have a direct impact on that. I just, again, I'd have to go into like every candidate or every company's applicant tracking system and see like what it was like. And there's other factors, of course, too. But I think it is a contributing factor to to that side because there's yeah, there's so many questions candidates have about companies and the company's job is to try and answer as many questions as possible in a very honest and open way, but in a way that like gets a candidate like, Oh, I get a sense of the company. I want to join this company. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. And obviously hey, it's early days. So it's like, obviously yeah. you haven't like perfected the, the product to I'm sure where, like where you want it to be exact. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I guess, um, what are your thoughts in terms of like, just industry as a whole. And obviously this is, a, a, you know, it could be like a huge question, but just, mm. you know, why, why do you think that they're, cause what, I mean, I, I found like kind of pushback with these types of things or like just, a, you know, from mm-hmm. just like recruitment industry, even like, um, 
it, it seems like sometimes with, with like these types of um, kind of involvements, like there's some pushback. So I guess like, have you experienced that at all? Or like, where do you think like hesitancy could come from? And, and uh, I guess, how do you kind of like address that with people and just say like, hey, look, clearly this is something which you, you need to be thinking about anyway. Um, I guess, how, how are you kind of dealing with those or like what, what types of things have come up? Yeah. Well, the sense. first, yeah, the first kind of pushback or I guess clarification is there's a lot of softwares out there that are for candidate interviewing. It's like candidates record a video. And so when I talk about video content for employer branding, the very first thing that people come back is, oh, like, so I just don't have time to review all these candidate videos. I'm like, oh, Got that's it. like, that's not what we're doing. And I think that I, I have to, there's just education on that end of like, hey, like, this is what employer branding is. Like, this is why we're doing it. Like, I'm not talking about like interview, like the interview process. Although you can definitely weave employer branding and, and recruitment marketing into your interview process, like you should. But this is kind of the top of the funnel. Like the awareness of the company is what I need to, like what I think companies need to work on still. Yeah. Um, because yeah, like your company can have a great culture, but if nobody knows about it, how are they going to apply for your roles? Like with all the different jobs that are going to come up, like just yeah. tough. Um, and then I still do get pushback from people that are either not, not on the video train yet. Like, are like, eh, I don't want to do videos. How are people not on the video? Oh man. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'm just like, sometimes I'm just like what, what, why? Are, anyway, I don't even want to get into that. Cause I get, I am like, if you're not on the video right now, I don't know what, planet you're living on i really don't planet yeah. myspace must be yeah i was like do you, do you look at any of like the facebook reels the instagram reels like tiktok do you, you're not on any of that like you don't consume any media whatsoever oh well, i read like blog posts or oh yeah i see this video over here and i'm like okay great <laughs> yes <laughs> um but then like people are still i the, the other pushback i will get uh, is people are still a little uncomfortable to record a video of themselves and yeah I'm, that is a hard level of like discomfort to get over. And we're working on um, some parts of the product on it because adding more video examples into our product is hopefully going to make it feel more like conversational than just a person just uploading the video. Um, but at the same time, you kind of have to you kind of have to push a little bit and experiment a little bit on that end. But companies also, it's like after that first video is created, then people see one and it's like, oh, I want to do another and another and another. They're in, they're so, in for it. Which I, yeah. I think that's, you know, I used to coach agencies on like LinkedIn branding and mm -hmm. it was like anytime video came up, there's a hesitancy. And I think I get where the hesitancy is because it's a self-conscious place, right? Like I'm on yeah. camera, like what are people going to say? Okay. What are people, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. obviously th everyone's thinking the same things, but mm -hmm. it is definitely one of those things. Like once you've done a couple of them, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's then, then you're like, oh, okay. I, it's really not even like that bad. And, uh, it's to, to me, it's an energizing thing and it kind of can build confidence. And I think from a cultural perspective, I listened to a podcast today from, from someone who was actually talking about this very same thing. And they said that mm -hmm. with the video content, there's actually like a confidence in your own culture that can start to be built. Cause you're like, wow, like I'm putting myself out there because I'm actually proud of where I work. And like, there's a pride that comes with that, which I think it just, it actually creates better engagement too with employees. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, like we should be excited about what we're doing because we're doing something good. Uh, I think maybe companies that 
if you've got a terrible culture, it's not going to work that well. But yeah. obviously, that's that's not who you're looking to work with, probably. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, not 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 looking to work with um, those, but uh, yeah, it would be be a little challenging. So what yeah. what about like and the other thing the other thing you mentioned too earlier mm -hmm. on was I do think that there's this idea with like hiring managers that like I think they do you know we're at that point now where it's like you just got to get on board with like recruiting is not yes the ta team is managing the process of recruiting mm -hmm. but like you're in the recruiting process as well and it's like ultimately yeah. you know you have to sell the role you gotta sell the company and uh and so i think like that reservedness like i just I think if you're on it now, you're ahead of the game, but I just, it's, yeah. it's going to go that direction because that's what, that's how people connect now. You know, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's one of those things. So I had a friend who, um, we were, we we're getting drinks a little while ago and, um, and they were talking about their company and like, they were going through this interview process for, um, someone on kind of the, the IT kind of DevOps, like, like SRE, uh, like site reliability side. And the interview process took them four months to hire, like four or five months to hire them. And then the person lasted for, I think it was like a week or less than a week or something like that. And the hiring manager was not like, they're like, oh, they just didn't want to do it. Okay, fine. And first time I was like, what? <laughs> like, Oh, this person, like this hiring manager, like they need some feedback and like their manager needs to talk to them because there's so much effort that goes into that entire process. And if it took them that long to get to this place, they should have been pretty excited about the person and the person should have been pretty excited about the role. And so then come to find out like they leave so shortly after. And I was just, I, if I was, if I was that person, I would have been like that, that recruiter, I would have been extremely angry first off because that was a waste of all my time. And then I think about like, think about my career and I'm like, there's, there's two hiring managers that I was like, no, I'm not going to work with you right now. I'm just going to walk. I'm going to go mm. over here right now. Like you can come back when you like are prepared to work with me and I will, I will go do this over here and prioritize like this over here. And I told my boss that one time, she's like, makes sense. Like, okay, like I'll go talk to their manager. And I was like, great. Cause that's like the goal. That's uh, the nice side of working on the on the agency, right? <laughs> uh, tough client. See ya. Bye. I had some trouble with this yeah. one. No, I shouldn't say that because, you know, it's like sometimes you do have the clients where you just got to battle through that stuff. But yeah, no, I think yeah. uh, I just say like, what were you doing in, in that four months? But I think to your point, I think that's where video can kind of come in because yeah. one, one of the things I've noticed just with content in general, which I think the recruitment world, you know, I was a little bit slow on. It's like this idea of just like, you can check in with someone in a DM and be like, hey, how's it going? You looking for work? Are you open yet? Or if you just create content and you're staying in front of them, like mm -hmm. it, it just kind of builds a relationship in a way that's not forceful. And um, I've noticed more and more recruiters doing this. I've seen a big trend in like big personal brands, uh, but I think you could do it on a micro scale. And I, I don't think it takes as much yeah. as people think. And I think, like you said, I'd be really curious, you know, to have a conversation and, you know, a year, whatever that is, when, when there's that data around like offer acceptance rate and yeah. like even then starting to get into retention as well. Because mm -hmm. again, I think the interview process to me, what it's become, it's very, and I see it's a lot on the candidate side. Like there's a lot of content around like how to hack an ATS, how to hack the interview. Pro it's like, it's a video game or something. Yeah. And we've lost this idea of like the interview process is it's really like, we're trying to, we're trying to, get like a common ground so we can figure out is this something that's actually going to work for an extended period of time it's not just something to get through and it's not something yeah. to like push through but 
I think that's why I like platforms, you know, like yours, like it just allows you to build that relationship and like reinforce things and uh, give that better sense of belonging before you get to an organization, which again, we're making these shifts like remote work might have gone down in job postings, but it's clearly not going away because it's what people want. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's like for even just future use, it's like onboarding. It's just so many applications. So uh, I love that. I love that that's what you're doing. And uh, well, I know we're nearly at the, the, the top of the show here. So where can, uh, you know, if people want to reach out to you, number one, like where can they find you? And I definitely encourage you, like if you're not following Jen, go follow her on LinkedIn. She's got some great content. Um, just post, you know, really insightful content and has just a great community on LinkedIn. So if you're not following her, but where else can people like connect with you or like, where can they find out about Jammer? Like what's, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah. Well, I, I would definitely encourage people to visit the site. So, uh, www.jammer.com. So that's J E M Y R.com, uh, for us. And then, um, honestly, anybody can email me too. I'm just Jen at jammer.com. So I'm happy to, I, I, I have like, 20 to 30 like networking calls uh like in a week at this point and i love talking to people especially people in the industry um that's how one of the ways that i actually learn and like soak in new things is just having conversations with people uh so feel free. so when's the, when's the podcast coming out that's what I, <laughs> I just like being on other people's podcasts <laughs> i fun to do that side of it i was like i'll just be a guest you know then i don't have to smart do move side. yeah then you'd have to do the production or anything <laughs> like that smart yeah. i should have i should have come up with that one no well awesome well guys what i'm going to do is i'm going to drop the link i'll drop the link uh to jen's profile on uh on the page like once we're once we're out of here i'll edit the that and then i'll put a link to uh, the site in the comments as well uh, so definitely check out what Jen's doing. And I think that's how we met too, through a networking yeah. call. So I just yeah. highly advise, like just have a networking call. Um, and, you know, guys, I'd love to uh, to get your feedback on this as well. So uh, if you, you know, if you've got thoughts on this as well, DM me because I'm passionate about this topic as well. So uh, that is it for today. So Jen, I appreciate your time. Thanks for, for sharing just like your experience, your insights, and uh, really, really excited for what you guys are going to do as well. And th just thanks for joining us on the show. My pleasure. Anytime. <laughs> awesome, guys. And then thanks to David. We got Joy, Daniel, Katie, a lot of people engaging today. Anna, Brian, Teresa. Appreciate all of you guys. I will be back, I think, next week, but there might be a break in the week because it's, it's hard to schedule people. But uh, as always, if you know anyone that could be a good guest or you want to be a guest yourself and you're in a, a TA leadership role or involved in the space, let me know. And uh, we'll be back with you soon. So see you guys. I do end the broadcast takes a couple seconds.